I'll start it. I always feel like we're in like drumline. Yeah, I think of like Stomp, you know, when they play the trash cans. Yeah. I'm Nick Cannon. Yeah, yeah, he has a lot of kids. Um, all right, everyone, welcome to episode four of Pat Stan's Inc., part of the Every Morning Quarterback locker room. Um, we're talking, we're one week away from the season starting, 10 days away from the Patriots opener, one week away from Bill's Rams and the NFL kicking off. Uh, yesterday, two days ago now, we got ourselves 53-man rosters. Um, how are we feeling about it, Connor? Well, there's some good and some bad. You know, it's ever-progressing. But I will say one thing. Some of the guys we let go, uh, we'll get into it in a little bit, uh, we were able to re-sign to the practice squad. I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of guys who did not get claimed by other squads to their active rosters. So I think – uh, all things considered, we we kept a lot of the dudes that uh, we potentially could have lost. Well, let's talk about that then right away, that that mm-hmm. part, that aspect of it, before we go into what our roster actually is. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, if you were going to name people we would actually lose by cutting, uh, Asi Asi, I would have been pretty pretty fine well, with. What? Yeah, I, I, that's like the one dude I'd be like, nobody's taking that guy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. That's the only guy one who dude. gets claimed. Only guy by Cincinnati, who also is going after OJ Howard, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I guess they're pretty thin at tight end, and they're just uh, grasping at straws. OJ Howard is just no one has ever made more money off of two good college games than OJ Howard. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, he's like everyone's like he is the next Vernon Davis. It's like, I mean, those were good college games he had. Yeah, when you got when you're when you're when you're competing for a spot behind Hayden Hurst, I think things aren't going as well as you uh, expected for old uh, OJ. And then uh, the only other guy we lost that I just saw come across was Justin Bethel, just signed with Miami. Um, we were we kind of briefly touched on it, but I'm assuming that means he's on their actual roster. Yeah, I mean this is damn near breaking. It's about an hour ago. Tuggy was called out. Justin Bethel signed. I said, there's no way he signed to their practice squad. No reason for him to do that. It's got to be active roster. If that for some reason is different, I would be absolutely shocked. Uh, We mentioned we recently signed Lynn Bowden, the guy that was cut from Miami. We exchanged, we exchanged dudes. Um, Bowden, not much of a gunner like Justin Bethel is, uh, He's had a weird career, man. So we just signed Lynn Bowden. He was drafted 80th overall in 2020 by the Raiders. Drafted by the Raiders. Not a good sign right there already. But they were really high on him. A lot of teams love this dude. They trade him that year. His year he was drafted 80th overall. He is traded in training camp. He never even spent a season with the team. He's traded to Miami. uh, Starts as a reserve wide receiver for about, I think, 10 games gets hurt in 2021, and then doesn't make the squad this year. So not exactly lighting the world on fire. But this dude has had a really, really odd career. But it's another wide receiver in the mix, and we got quite a few on the practice squad. Yeah. um, A couple points on him. Well, first of all, just it's funny, the classic, you know, it's a Belichick move, but it's an everyone in the NFL move now. Week one, you sign the guy that the team you're playing cut, trying to get a little Mm -hmm. scouting report. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Lynn Bowden, 
actually won the college award uh, his last year in college for most versatile player in the country, um, which is an interesting thing. That's a Belichick type of guy. And you know who won that this past year? That same award, Marcus Jones. Uh, so the Patriots like that kind of guy. He also actually against us last year had two catches. Um, and Belichick always like notices a guy on Miami who gets a couple catches and wants him. I feel like that's another thing we always end up doing. Um, yeah, the dude's 24 years old. He's on his third team already. It's like, what are you, Josh Rosen? So we'll see if he can contribute. Yeah, we, Belichick likes a guy who's versatile. He can plug into a bunch of spots, especially on a practice squad, because he, he can give you a yeah. lot of different looks and fill, looks. fill roles and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, let's jump right to the 53 then. Uh, yeah. Ten rookies. I mean, that that's the part that stands out for me right away. I mean, we continued our trend this year of keeping an undrafted free agent uh, out of the draft. We, we, you know, not much really changed this year other than the fact that we kept 10 rookies. Everybody's hating on Belichick for his drafting prowess. Right now, our, our secondary is full stacked of rookies, man. And I'm excited. These dudes beat out Terrence Mitchell for a job. Terrence Mitchell was signed, supposed to come in and be a starting cornerback for this team. He's now on the practice squad. You know, that's a veteran dude that's on our practice squad. He was legitimately beaten out by some of these rookies. The Jones boys, you got Marcus, Jack Jones. Uh, if that doesn't tell you that these guys can play and play immediately, I don't know what else can. They're beating out legitimate starting caliber players in this league. Yeah, you, you got to like that that sign. I mean, that it's not just what guys made the team. It's certain positions of guys who didn't make the team. Tells you a lot of faith that we have that the coaching staff has, that the front office has in some of these young guys that are on the roster. Um, in the past, we've been disappointed with younger guys and how long it takes them to catch on, uh, especially with the Patriots. Um, but the fact that it looks like they have all the faith in the world in Jack Jones and Marcus Jones to play starting roles on this defense um, is really exciting. Um, and then I love just the the fact Sean Wade made this team is awesome. Um, the, the secondary is, is very interesting. It's going to be, uh, they're going to get a trial by fire right away, but it's definitely exciting how young, uh, a lot of this roster is given everyone dumping on Belichick's draft ability. It looks like that at least last year's class and this year's class are very much catching on and becoming important parts of the team. Yeah. I think one of the big, uh, one of the big surprises for me, I don't know about you was, uh, Jason Hines, the, uh, offensive lineman out of LSU. Uh, Sixth-round pick. Man, I don't feel like we didn't talk very much about him in the preseason. I know we I didn't. didn't. We yeah, stepped we, right over him. We sure did. I thought he was going to be one of those dudes that, oh, sixth-round pick, maybe like, you know, like what, what you see out of him. Maybe in the future he can come in and be a, you know, swing tackle. Release, practice squad, no problem. Nobody's going to jump on him. This dude made the team. We are not deep at offensive line. I've been saying that for weeks. The fact that he made this team kind of shows either a weakness in the O-line or some strengths that he had, or maybe a little bit of both. To be honest, it's a little worrisome that this dude is going to be relied upon to protect uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, you tend to think if they're going to make the team, especially on this team, on the offensive line, make the 53-man roster, they're going to play. Um, especially with how much injury turnover there is week to week on this offensive line. I mean, we'll briefly touch on this. Isaiah Wynn didn't practice again today. Is there a guy who's practiced less than this man in his time in New England? Tom Brady? No, New England, sorry. <laughs> Seriously, when, when we mention offensive line communication issues, maybe it's because Isaiah Wynn's never been at a practice. 
he's like the he's like the kid in eighth grade on the eighth grade team who's like really good. So the coaches are like, all right, we're gonna work with him, but he like doesn't really show up. Does said he doesn't have a ride and all that stuff. And, and yeah. then he kind of he shows up the day before a game. You're like, oh, okay, good. He showed up today. We can kind of get him in there, just straight ahead blocking. You know, because he's so good. He's like that dude. That's like he doesn't play, but the coaches are like, eh, we kind of need him. Yeah, we need. He's, he's a big, strong guy, but then he has no idea what he's doing. He's off, <laughs> running down the field in the wrong direction. He won't have practice all week, coach. Oh, Jesus Christ! But yeah, I mean, I'm a little worried about that part of it. I mean, the offensive line right now is kind of the number one worry. Um, and then when guys are constantly not practicing, constantly dinged up, and we've got guys we know nothing about, like Hines, um, and I, guys I don't have a lot of faith in, like Heron, um, on that roster, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, we released uh, James Ferenc. That was, that was a shock to me. So that's something. That's someone Hines beat out. Uh, got him back on the practice squad, so that's good. So we do have quite a few guys who are familiar with our system on the practice squad at the O-line. Um, you got, like I said, uh, Cody Russi, center, undrafted. He was able to clear waivers. That was nice. James Ferenc, he'll be a nice guy to have to call up for if and when. Uh uh, Isaiah Wynn or any of the other guys go down. One interesting one, though, is Bill Murray. Bill Murray used to be a D lineman when we drafted him. He was he changed positions this preseason to offensive line. And he didn't make the squad, but he did enough to get on the practice squad as a listed offensive lineman. The fact that we're having to turn dudes into O-linemen might be another category of is should we be worried? Or is this just the guy with all the potential in the world? We don't have Dante Scarnecchia anymore. I don't know if this guy, this guy's going to need a lot of work if he's going to be contributing at all. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of playing the pessimist here. I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. Things like that. Um, you can kind of spin zone it in different directions, whether it's like, Oh, well, Belichick always turns guy finds yeah. guys talents and turns, yeah. or does he just have like these vanity projects where he like, <laughs> likes, you know what I mean? Where he yeah. like likes to, just, to toy around nice like this and it, it kind of feels like that more than more than the the first version of i don't know i feel like this sometimes he just he's bored or something and he wants to show off and he gets these vanity projects look at what i'm gonna do with this guy look at i look at all these special teams guys i keep which i think is getting a little we're boy, keeping he, a little too many special teams boy guys, he you know? likes it jeez and so we'll mention that the two undrafted free agents that made the 53 man roster, uh, schooler and, um, um Demarcus Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell, Demarcus Mitchell. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Demarcus Mitchell. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. End. Yeah. Demarcus Mitchell oh. who is a D end who, who plays special teams. Uh, very confu- confused on that. Hmm. Um, schooler just feels like a classic Belichick. He has to have a guy like that. Um, but with special teams becoming less and less important, at least like kick coverage and stuff. I don't know how much it's worth using up roster spots for this kind of guy when you already have a guy like Slater. Um, you know, we let Bethel go, so I guess it's the Bethel replacement. What What do you think? I just think Schooler is just Nate Ebner in a wig, man. That guy reminds me of Nate Ebner hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Two undrafted free agents making the team again. Uh, meanwhile, we cut six-round pick uh, Kevin Harris, the running back. Didn't do too much to impress. Uh, so I like I like Schooler. I think he's going to contribute real nice. He had a great preseason. Uh, someone else who had as good, if not a better preseason, was wide receiver Lil Jordan. You heard me right. Lil Jordan Humphrey. That dude was absolutely everywhere on special teams. I am a little surprised that he didn't work his way onto the starting oh, roster. Oh, Lil. Oh, I didn't do that. Look, that's what this show brings. Uh, <laughs> 
he's the kind of guy I could see Belichick just falling in love with. And obviously they did. They brought him back on the practice squad. I was convinced that this dude was making the active roster. He uh, real quick, he is him and uh LeBrian Ray, D tackle, who as we know this show is a huge fan of That's my guy. Those are the two dudes, my two favorite dudes that, that got that we got back on our practice squad. Who do who do you like that we got back? I was very concerned about LeBrian Ray getting picked up by someone else because of how good he looked in this preseason. So young, how much of a player he was before his injuries in college. I thought a team would grab him. Um, cause he looks like he's kind of back. I think he will end up contributing on this team and playing. Um, I'm just very happy. We got him back on the practice squad. Little Jordan Humphrey, um, him, uh, Wilkerson, Trey Nixon, those guys, you notice we, we, with putting Thornton on IR, we only have four receivers on the active 53 men roster. One of those guys is going to be on the roster, uh, come Sunday in Miami. Um, so, yeah, some of them didn't make the team, but they're going to end up on that roster pretty quickly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Humphrey, given uh, his versatility, given we only have two tight ends, a guy yeah. who could possibly fill into that spot. Yeah, a guy he can who play. can also play special teams. He can, he can special. I talked about special teams. The dude can play on the offensive side of the ball. He really can. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him or Wilkerson on the week one 53, because uh, I doubt we're going to just put out four receivers well as easy as it sounds i think ty montgomery can fill that slot receiver role a little bit i think they're going to work well, with i don't think montgomery's going to be on the week one week one roster you think wilkerson well i think montgomery i think montgomery's still a little dinged up he hasn't practiced yet i wouldn't i don't think they want to put him on ir because that puts him out too long but hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the first week maybe the second week it's just one of those you know usually you see those mid-year injuries that knock you out a couple weeks unfortunately happened to him in the preseason game well, if that's, that's the case, if that's the case, then we're definitely going to elevate one of those dudes up because we're not going to roll with four. There's no way. Unless, I mean, we kept quite a few running backs. Uh, we uh, JJ Taylor got him back on the practice squad, which is great. Uh, but I'm interested to see what Pierre Strong can do. Guy did not have a great camp, didn't have a great preseason. Uh, you know, it wasn't bad, but it didn't really stand out. And uh, we heard a lot of good stuff coming out of this dude uh, from college. So if he starts to get some looks – uh, I want to see what he's capable of in the backfield. Otherwise, we know we got the best one of the best one-two punches in the league. It's so underrated in Harrison Stevenson. I think Stevenson's going to be a monster. I think this year is going to be a Ramondre Stevenson break, like big time. I know he broke out a little bit last year, but a real breakout year with with him being capable of all three down back. I think his catching ability, um, given the loss of James White, given we we don't hold, we didn't keep JJ Taylor, even though we. We did. Um, I think it was a sign of faith in Stevenson's uh, growth as a as a pass catching back, and that that he can be a third down back. Um, I think the the Kevin Harris uh, release and then him coming back on practice squad that could be a sign that could not necessarily be a sign that we don't believe in him, but but like sort of the old Patriots red shirt, like Damian Harris got his first year. Um, yep. Damian Harris though is a guy I think. Everyone has forgotten about all preseason because we haven't really played him. Um, but usually if a guy doesn't play at all in the preseason, it's because we have a ton of faith in him. Um, don't be surprised if Damian Harris puts on a show week one. Uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those things. That he's he's going to make sure that he gets paid in the offseason. He'll be great. We're going to – and knowing we're losing him, we're just going to feed him like crazy. I think those two guys are going to be studs this year. It's exciting. 
Uh, I is think there Bill a, loves that. Loves is, to run a guy to death if he's the end of his contract. He does. And the guy's happy as hell because he gets to go out there, hold up those numbers, and get that nice little contract. Uh, is there a more underrated duo in the league than uh, Harris and Stevenson? Right now, I don't think so. I, I mean, they're really flying under the radar right now with all of the, you know, the the buzz being about the struggles of the offense. It's mainly the passing game and pass protection and some of, you know, Mac Jones issues in the preseason. Um, people have sort of forgotten how good this one-two punch at running back was midseason last year. Um, and they are coming back. That was really the first real go of it for both those guys, uh, like full time in an NFL backfield. They're going to be better this year. At least they should be. Uh, I don't see any. Re- I don't see any reason Stevenson can't be just a bell cow kind of guy. Him and Harris are going to be absolutely fantastic. I do have one question for you on the defensive side of the ball. We've talked about the numbers game. You know, we got another week and a half till our first game. Looking over the active roster as it stands right now, we have eleven active players on the roster in the secondary 11 different players and that doesn't even include the two special teams guys yeah. schooler and davis who are you know by nature secondary players we got mills mccordy duggar john jones marcus jones jack jones bledsoe bryant peppers adrian phillips and sean wade okay i understand we're taking a different approach this year you know a lot of safeties you know stepping them up into the box a little bit but whoa 11, not including the two special teamers who can step in, 11 secondary players on the active roster when we're kind of holding four wide receivers. And right now we have, man, we are thin at the O-line. What kind of approach do you think we're doing? And is one of those guys maybe not going to see the field the first game? I think it tells you two things. One, that my sort of two months ago prediction of this defense being a lot different than people picture a normal NFL Mm -hmm. defense being is coming true. They are going to play a ton of secondary guys all the time. They're going to be using safeties in sort of hybrid outside linebacker roles all the time. Um, And especially, I think, you know, looking forward to week one is what you're preparing for right now with this current roster. You're playing a team that you expect to be a lot quicker, uh, quick passing, um, not necessarily a power running team, a quick slants all over the field, fast guys. So they are, putting together a roster to match that, which is me, a lot of nickel and dime. Um, I think that's what we're looking at. That's exactly where my head was at. You nailed it. I think that we know, we know everyone else in the AFC. I mean, the entire AFC West, but a lot of teams in our division, the bills and especially the dolphins, they are fast. They are loaded with dudes who can burn, who can run those quick slants, quick outs. They're just going to be smoking all over the field. They're going to go five, four, five wide a lot. We're going to counter that. We know we can't beat them. We saw what happened against the Bills in the playoffs last year. We know that we can't counter that with those, you know, relatively slow linebackers, you know, your your Hightowers, your Juwan Bentleys. If you try to match up against these teams that loaded up on speed with those type of dudes, you're going to lose. We know that. I think we're going to – I think we're kind of playing to what everyone else is trying to do. They're trying to add speed on the outside, play a little bit, you know, I hate to use the term, a little more West Coast style, even though – It's too black and white for me. We're loading up on secondary dudes. These are dudes who can play both inside the box. you got your Duggars, your Jabril Peppers, who's going to fit great. But at the same time, have the speed, have the know-how, have the ability to line up on those slot receivers and cover. So I think we're loading up to to really match up well against the Bills, the Dolphins. And then when you see teams like the Chiefs, you know, what the Chiefs have ran the last five years and, you know, 
and uh, you know, basically anybody in the AFC West. Yeah. Uh, I think our defense is, is, is playing the right type of game this year. Yeah, my my number one fear right now with the action with the secondary is just the ability um, of the top guys to cover um, for a long period of time. So if if a play lasts longer than four seconds or whatever, uh, our top guys to match up with the top guys on some of these wide receiver explosive teams. Um, not, not many but, teams can do that though. But I do think the last part on just that roster aspect of it, when you look at that group, I, I think it's pretty safe call to say one of those corners will be a healthy scratch every week. You know, someone mm-hmm. from that group each week. Matchup you know, wise, maybe whether it's, whether it's like miles Bryant or Sean Wade, one of them is probably going to be a scratch each mm-hmm. week, given whatever the matchup is that week, whatever we're feeling like. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if either, like you know, week one, Bledsoe or Peppers is the same thing, um, but like like you were saying, guys like Duggar, Phillips, Peppers, these guys can play outside linebacker as well as they can play safety, and they can cover a slot guy, they can cover a tight end. These are super versatile players. Who, I mean, Phillips and Duggar can tackle. These guys, these guys, Phillips is like the best tackler on the team, um, and Duggar is just a freak right now. I think. I think the way they're going to use these guys is going to make this defense so much faster, which was a big problem last year, and then use guys Raquan McMillan and Mac Wilson to increase our speed at linebacker too. Yeah, I mean, a couple of weeks ago I was telling you how slow I thought our, our defense might be this year based on what it was last year. They've, they've, we've loaded up on speed on defense. That's no longer a worry. One question I do have for you, we talk a lot about speed. Does Devin McCourty see the field as much as he has in the past few years given his age? I think he does because I think I think they trust him to sort of be the on the field leader, mm-hmm. the, the making the adjustments, the making the calls. He might not be as physically skilled as he once was, but they need that guy that Dietrich Wise can't be on the field um as often. Bentley can't be on the field as often. Those are the other two leaders kind of on the defense vocally. Um Bentley especially is kind of the the defensive captain, and there's no way he's on the field that much. So they have to have McCourty on the field because there's a lot of young, inexperienced guys out there, especially in the secondary. I think you have to have McCourty just for that purpose. Um, and, you know, he sees the game well. Uh, yeah. So, so yes, I do, especially I think he'll be the only, you know, true safety most of the time. See, what, what concerns me is, man, we, we went with that approach last year. We had Hightower calling, you know, Mike Linebacker, and we got burned. We got burned bad. He couldn't keep up with anybody, and it showed. Uh, you know, you don't want to draw lines that aren't necessarily there, but it, I'm, I'm thinking McCourty could be that dude this year. If we have a liability in the middle of the field, especially at safety, with all these receivers that can take the top off, we are going to get absolutely scorched. Do, yeah. do you think that's a liability? I mean, if that if that becomes the case, I do think we have plenty of guys who can step up in that spot because of how much safety talent we have. Yeah. Um, but the, the liability then would transfer from his physical deterioration to um, a leadership uh, issue out there and, and recognizing things and all that. But I mean, there's Adrian Phillips is an experienced NFL <laughs> safety. He, he can yeah. probably do the same thing. Um, and you'd hope that Kyle Duggar is starting to learn that as well. So. So we'll see. I, I definitely share your concerns about McCordy. He did not look like the same guy last year that he had been in years past. Um, but let's not put him in the same boat as as Cinderblocks Hightower. Last year. My God. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was killer. That was that was hard to watch, man. I yeah. I, I want to touch on one thing that like 
let's let's briefly touch on what the, the offensive issues, how it looked last week mm-hmm. was a little scary. Uh there's only one play in particular that everyone keeps talking about. Let's have a look at it and then we can uh, we can talk. Backfield, all three downs. And I think Montgomery offered you some of that, so it's gonna be interesting to see what Stevenson can give you. Matt Jones picked off, coming back the other way. Gross. Does, does that concern you? Yeah, it concerns me, man. <laughs> Every man, every every other game you watch, you see a quarterback scramble like that. You know, your Josh Allen, your Pat Mahomes, they always scramble out and then they complete that 15 yards of, you know, and then get about 30 yak after that because they make a great play. Oh my God. If he that I forget who picked it off for the Raiders. If he didn't get it, the next cat playing playing uh, there were five Raiders. There were five <laughs> Raiders there. There were five. That I was man watching that live. I almost threw up in my lap. I I I that was disgusting. And you know, unfortunately, it plays into the whole uh, agenda, if you will, of Boston media saying Mac Jones is regressing. Boy, it's hard to make. It's hard to go against that argument when you see plays like that. He he has shown flashes of rookie mistakes and you really don't want to see that out of a second year player like him who played that much last year. Yeah. That decision there, um, you really didn't see last year. Um, and it's a little scary to see. And I think it only comes from a frustration and lack of confidence and feeling like he's got to make something happen. Um, let's hope, I mean, there were a lot of offensive line issues in that game. Obviously they were missing clear, just letting guys go based on communication mishaps. And I think Mac got in his own head and needed to try and force something, but boy, was that scary. I I like to think when they come into, you know, real games, obviously he's going to have a lot more time on the field. They're going to be game planning for the team they're playing. They already talked about how they weren't letting him audible in the preseason. And they'll obviously Mm -hmm. be letting him do that. Um, so yeah, that's concerning, but I'm not gonna panic yet. Let's see what it looks like. Yeah, that's that. That was that was hard to watch, man. Yeah, now that boy, it was the first glimpse of like, okay, there. I have I have now actually seen the thing the media has been talking about has been mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, that that does look bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it, well, everyone's saying you know that's a rookie decision, dude. Like you said, he didn't. He was one of those rookies last year that was such a safe bet. Your Alex Smith type when he was drafted. He didn't make bad decisions. You know, if you need to throw the ball away, throw it away. He would, you know, I hate this term, manage the game. But he wouldn't give up the game on silly turnovers, trying to force things into what we saw, what, triple, quadruple, octuple coverage like he did in the preseason. Uh, Maybe, maybe he just took more chances. I I highly doubt that, man. In a real game, if he makes those decisions, it's going to be a long year. It is. I, I still, I have a lot of faith in Mac Jones. I believe in him. Um, I think he's a smart, good NFL quarterback who is going to find his way to progress, but it has been a rough preseason and that was not a good look. Um, but let's let him play some real NFL snaps before we start oh, panicking. Bear digging his grave. Yeah, come on. Uh, last thing on, on just what we're talking about the Patriots this week, they're going to travel to Miami early on Tuesday. Um, does that matter? That's it's common. Belichick likes to do that. Yeah, we, like you said, I don't even know where they're practicing, but uh, some weird college. But uh, the, that college is probably pumped. <laughs> yeah, no kid. Yeah, I'm not surprised with the two week layoff between the final preseason game and uh, the first game. He likes to get the team, you know, really focused, keyed in. You know, the two weeks can be a long stretch. He mentioned that during the Super Bowl back in the day when we actually made Super Bowls. Uh, the two weeks was the was the. <laughs> 
the two weeks. Oh, no, was, a four-year drought. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so jaded. Uh, I am. I am very bored of this. <laughs> yeah, no, but the two-week stretch, he said, was one of the biggest things I had to overcome when it came time to uh, prepare for the game. Yeah, and the heat this time of year in Miami is something. I, yeah, I remember I Brady never could handle it. Uh, no. Now he plays in Tampa sometimes. Sometimes. All right, you got some Boston sweeps. All right, let's get to the Boston sweep. I got three this week. You ready? This is going to require a little bit of thinking. All right, it's not okay, too, I'm excited. Too, it's not super quick fire over here. All right, you ready? First That's one, good. Boston Bruins. Jake DeBrusque magically rescinds his trade request after Bruce Cassidy is fired. All right, we all know D had a big one. Is Cassidy the most unfriendly player coach in the league? And are the Golden Knights making a mistake hiring him? Um, so they hated. They freaking I've never Krejci the- came back. Krejci came back from Europe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Krejci comes back out of retirement slash Europe play. Whatever, where was he in the Czech Republic? Finland, uh, Czech Republic. I yeah, uh, Bergeron immediately is like, actually, you know, I will come back and play. And then DeBrusque, <laughs> DeBrusque like, ah, never his mind. Trade request. Um, this might be one of the biggest divides between what the fans thought of the coach and what the players thought of the coach um, that I've ever seen. It. it I know there was a lot of like, we're not sure about the coach among the fans at this point, but none of them, I, I didn't know it was like this. I had no idea. Dude, this is, it, it just, the dominoes just keep falling. It's hard man. to deny now that the players hated him. I mean, I, I wasn't against firing him. I just kind of wanted to clean house. I wanted everybody to go with Sweeney and Neely, but. Uh, yeah, with the, the other topic we touched, like with the farm mm-hmm. system being what it is, I'm yeah. surprised that the front office survives. But so the they, they realize this much. <laughs> they realize we got to keep the veterans because they hate the coach. All right, yeah. so Golden Knights, that's that's your problem now, I guess. I, yeah, I have fun in Vegas, I guess that'll be interesting. The news to me. All right, Red Sox. Let's let's hate on them for a second. Oh boy, hate, gotta hate them. Are they still playing? Yeah, apparently. 25th in the MLB and ERA, sixth highest payroll in the league. They're the only team with an uh, with an under 500 record that has a payroll north of 200 million. Remember when we were a mis? I'm just I don't know how to word this, man. We're a mismanaged mess, and we're shedding payroll. We can't win with a high payroll right now, and now we're shedding payroll. We're the only team that's spending over 200 million dollars that has an under 500 record. I mean, I can't, I know it's just, we're just beating a dead horse, but come on, guys. Well, and I mean, this has been sort of the cash cow uh, for the ownership group for quite some time now, but they have to, at this point, start to get concerned because the interest in the Boston Red Sox in this town is absolutely oh. plummeting. It is plummeting. I would say it might be the lowest it has been in, in a, since 2000 right now. Um, Do they since care? Pre, since pre-Pedro, basically. Um, they're... No one cares. Uh, this is a dis. This is an uninteresting team. Um, the only interesting players seem to be one foot out the door. Uh, they've shown they don't retain the people that the the city cares about. They're both nickel and diming, and also spending an unbelievable amount of money. Just enough to be <laughs> okay. I don't know how they do enough it. to win. It's unbelievable. Everyone knew this team needed pitching coming into the year, which you just mentioned there, and they didn't fix that. And then. I mean, they're gonna. I don't, they're gonna have to do a lot in this offseason and spend a bunch of money, and it has to start with re-signing Devers. So I don't know. I don't know, Connor. I don't know what to say. I have lost interest entirely. So I think so of the owners. They 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 they're over with their soccer club selling half the team to LeBron James. It's just it's a damn shame, is what it is. Last one, 
Boston area native Bill Burr tore it up at Fenway last week. He had a big stand-up performance at Fenway Park. Bill Burr, is he the best comic on the circuit right now? If so, if not, who's in your top three? Who's on the Mount Rushmore right now for stand-up? I love that question. Um, I love Bill Burr. I'm a huge Bill mm. Burr guy. I, Bill Burr, however, over the past two years has become a bit oversaturated, just there's it's one of those things where it's like you like the band when they're up and coming and then when they make it big <laughs> mainstream you're like oh i'm tired of everyone else liking them uh, and that's a little bit of our guy like, man yeah that was our guy now i'm that's a little bit of hit me with bill burr i still can't remove him from the top three he's a true boston mm -hmm. guy um there was a picture of him last week just sitting outside on the street in boston drinking a coffee and eating a bagel like a regular <laughs> dude who's just hanging out um Nice. So yeah, I, I love Bill Burr. My other favorite, Shane Gillis. I don't know if oh. you know, Shane Gillis is my other favorite comedian. You know I'm all about Shane. Oh my god, that stand-up special free on YouTube is one of the funniest thing hours I've ever seen in my life. It's unbelievable. And he talks a lot about football. So if, if you like com comedy, Shane Gillis. He's he a naturally funny guy too. He's on a lot of podcasts. They got a lot of podcast action. He's just yeah. a naturally funny cat. So I'd go with those two. My next, my last one, the sleeper, Tim Dillon. I just love his podcast. You I do, like, all the time, you so. do like Tim Dillon. Yeah, yeah, I listen to Bill Burr's podcast. I've been listening. It's funny you mentioned that. I've been listening to Bill Burr's podcast for going on over five years now. Monday morning broadcast. He also does one on Thursday. Yeah, it's like your guy's blowing up. It's 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 too bad. You put John Mulaney in the top three or no? Or there was top, a point. In, there was a point in time that I would have. He's got to earn his way back there. Yeah, yeah, I love him, but yeah, it's. It's yeah. He has such a great delivery and his storytelling ability and whatnot. He's so freaking good at it. I just I need uh, what he'll be back. That's what I'll say. He'll be yeah, back. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's doing good stuff. He was a little busy with uh, nose candy and cheating on his wife or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, with the lady who other people cheated on their wife yeah. with. <laughs> we won't we won't use the terminology for what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, you're kind of not a good person if you're doing this. To, anyway, this is a pro women uh, show, but but you know, you're uh, I'm pretty sure women are like, yo, yeah. easy, easy, sweet. Yeah, nah. So. That's all I got for the Boston sweep. Another good one in the books. Any last Fantastic. thoughts? Uh, my last thoughts is next time we talk, uh, there's going to be NFL games quickly on the horizon. We're going to have Bills Rams coming up and then we're going to have Patriots Dolphins. Uh, we'll be looking at real rosters going into that game. We'll be previewing that game. Maybe touch on a little what fantasy guys we like going into it. Um, but we'll be talking Patriots Dolphins week one football. Oof. Got chills, man. I'm getting excited. So, cheers all right, to say that. all the stuff to close us out, Connor. All right, cheers to that with my sparkling water. You can follow us on Twitter, PSI. We're part of the Every Morning Quarterback locker room. Follow that on YouTube and Twitter as well. EMQ Every Morning Quarterback. I always miss something here. Uh, if I'm missing something, you know where to find us at this point. This is uh, Connor and Brendan signing off for Pat Stands Inc. You can still find me arguing with Tommy Curran on Twitter. All right. Hey, that was pretty go. good. We'll be back next week.